0: Civil War Baseball Weekend. Let's get deep into it. Welcome to the Beaver, Beaver Man Beat Podcast. Podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the Beaver Man Beat Podcast. Today is Thursday, April 6th, and a big day for bees as they look to get the weight Weekend started against the Ducks on a good note. Thank you all for tuning in again to the 16th episode of the Beaver Man Beat Podcast. This one's gonna be a little bit different in the way that we're looking at the baseball weekend. Usually these Thursday shows we've been doing a bigger preview around the Pac-12 and really surface level um, with each matchup and then making predictions. For this one, it being the special Civil War Week. I'm gonna take a real deep look into both these teams through what will be the first half of their seasons after this weekend. Uh, Tuesday will be a first half recap with awards and uh, things of that sort. But today, just taking a peek at what we've got ahead of us for tonight's matchup. Game 1, Oregon State at Oregon. And just doing a quick look through the stats. It's easy to see. You've got a tale of two teams here. Uh, Oregon, on the, the... Hitting side of things, their top four hitter, top five hitters are all batting above 300. Where conversely, Oregon State um, at the plate, just, excuse me, the top three guys there batting over 300 with Garrett Forrester just batting 302. Um, But then you flip things around and you go look at the pitching side of things and you see all of, yeah, you see the three weekend starters for the Beavers all with ERAs below 3.75, um, whips all below 1.4, um, all strong numbers are the strikeout numbers are, are all up, especially on trend sellers, 59 strikeouts on the year. We'll get into more of that on Tuesday. But like I said, conversely, you flip it. Uh, the lowest ERA on this Oregon staff is 4.13 as a starter and with the highest of I'm assuming it's their weekend starters. It's kind of tough. They looks like they've been mixing guys up, but Logan Mercado, Mercado um, has an ERA up there in the sevens. So it is going to be a weekend of, uh, you know, good pitching versus good offense, and I don't want to say bad, but not great pitching against uh, not great offense. Um, and it's going to be... Just a battle to see who can get hot, whose arms look good or whose bats look good. Um, I expect Trent Sellers to come out tonight and be absolutely nails. Um, I think he'll post not a, a season high on strikeouts, but he'll post a pretty good amount of strikeouts. This is a Ducks team that does fall to the way of the strikeout quite often. Um, A couple players on their team, like five here, all above 20 strikeouts on the season. Um, And same deal conversely. For the Beavers, um, you're looking at a similar number there. Um, And which we know has killed the Beavers in some games, especially going back to earlier in the season when it was some of those non-conference games and it was walks or strikeouts to survive and, and the strikeout numbers were just too high for the Beavers to overcome. So I look tonight, I look for Trent Sellers to really go out there. Um, It's his first time playing against Oregon since his return. Uh, This is not the last time we will see the Ducks on the season. Uh, We'll do the three this weekend, and then they will make a trip to Corvallis on a Tuesday in May. Uh, May 2nd, the Ducks will come up. And that will be it, barring any um, crossover in the Pac-12 tournament or the national tournament. Both teams... As of now, according to uh, national outlets are in the tournament. Looks like Oregon is being slated as a two in regionals where Oregon State is slated as a three. Uh, and the most recent one, I just saw had them in the Fayetteville regional, which would be uh, quite a trip for this Oregon State baseball club. A young team having to go down to Fayetteville where you stole the dreams of Arkansas fans just five years ago. Um, I'd be all for it. I'd, I'd love to go down there and help back the boys, but uh, that'd be a tricky trip to make work. But yeah, so as of right now, both teams look like they're in the field. Um, Obviously, a weekend series win here for the Beavers uh, would be huge in getting them closer to that finish line of of making it to the NCAA tournament. Uh, Oregon State is coming off a bit of a heater. They have won two consecutive non-conference, two consecutive conference series, taking the Cal Series at home and the UW Series on the road. Still looking for their first sweep of the year. Um, this is an Oregon team that is susceptible to sweeps, but is also handing them out as well this season. They are on, and I did not know this until I went and looked through their schedule, uh, the Ducks are on a 10-game winning streak, dating back to March 18th, when they beat the Cougs in Pullman. and the next day they went down early 7-0 and won 13-7. So yeah, after a tough skid there, they lost two straight to UCLA, one to Niagara. They lost the opener in Pullman, and after that they have rattled off 10 wins in a row, including a weekend series sweep of Arizona and a weekend series sweep of Northwestern State, which um, I suppose should be four free wins there. Uh, But they did take care of UP at home on Tuesday, 9-1. So Oregon State, while they're playing well, Oregon's also playing pretty good baseball right now. Uh, The level of competition, probably a little bit lower for the Ducks the last couple weeks than the Beavers have been playing uh, with this Washington series specifically. Uh, Seattle, you're not a bad ball club either, but... uh, Definitely better than Northwestern State in Cal, Arizona. They kind of have that conversation going on right now for who's the second the worst team in the pack, with uh, Utah taking that number eleven spot pretty clearly. Uh, for a weekend performer uh, on the bump, I'm gonna s- go with Ryan Brown. Uh, I think he's gonna have a couple appearances this weekend, hopefully two save appearances and two saves. Uh, just thinking back to last year, it'd be poetic for him to come back out and and then shut down this Oregon team on their turf rather than just doing it up in Corvallis as was the case last year. You know, I'm currently wearing my Goss Gottem shirt. Shout out to the Belligerent Beeves guys uh, with the Ryan Brown partnership. New merch just dropped this morning I saw. So go check that out. Uh, all I'm not sure about all of it, but I know proceeds go and benefit Ryan Brown directly. Um, so go perch through them. They've got other athletes and whatnot on there too. So awesome, awesome stuff. Go check them out. Ryan Brown is going to be my pick on the bump this weekend. I think he is going to come on, maybe have to pick up a two-inning save here or there just because the bullpen's a little bit thin still for where I'd like to be this far into the season. But I'm not too worried, guys. I think closer and closer to the end of the season, that will start to round out and guys will start to look a little healthier, a little more consistent. And on the offensive side of the ball... Give me Mason Guerra to continue breaking out and continue hitting the ball hard. Um, the power started to kind of come the last couple of weeks for him as he started to climb the order surely but slowly. Um, three, three tanks, 13 RBIs for him on the year and a slugging percentage up at 457. Uh, Bazana, if he can stay hot, would be huge for this Beaver program. Just having that little bit of pop there. If you get McDowell, Bazzara, Forrester, and Guerin, they're all clicking and hitting the ball hard and get people on base, um, I know this team uh, further down in the lineup: Ruben Cedillo, Easton Talt, whether it's Dernetti, Tanner Smith, uh, which Oregon also has their Tanner Smith of their own, um, and Wilson Weber. Those guys can poke some balls through the through the gaps there and get some runs home, which will be, um, as is always the game uh, in the game of baseball, the key to winning some of these games. Uh, taking a look here around the diamond. Uh Beavs have definitely kind of solidified it up on defense a little bit more. The errors are starting to become less and less of an impact week by week, which, uh, again, should be the case. Maybe a little bit far in the season and still not be as clean as we would like it. But, again, right these wrongs, steer the ship in the right direction, weather the blows, and get to the tournament. And usually by that time you've got things kind of clicking and everybody's playing some pretty decent baseball there. Uh, for Oregon, Tanner Smith is probably their most consistent bat. He does lead the team in batting average uh, for at least that qualifies. I uh, think the qualification for the Pac-12 is two plate appearances a game and having to play in at least three quarters of all games. Um, so he is up batting three six home runs, 24 RBIs. This is kind of giving me similar vibes to the Stanford team, how they're built. The skill level, not, not quite the same, but it's similar that there's just a lot of production at the top half, and if you can keep those guys away from doing the damage and force these other guys to do it, which I think the Bees tried to do in, in Stanford, and then some of those bottom of the order guys started getting hits and bringing up the top of the order guys back now with bases juiced or bags packed or whatever it may be, runners on. And that really killed the Beavers in that weekend sweep, where it's still two of those games were one-run games. Uh, so the Beavers, well, although they did get swept, they, they look good. Uh, so I think uh, a good learning experience there. That one was on the road. This one's on the road. You're coming off of a road series win. Take that with you. Weather's going to be pretty gnarly. I'm recording here Thursday morning in Portland, currently raining. Uh, just now, breaking news, (laughs) Uh, my IM softball game has been rained out tonight. So weather won't be pretty. That is good news, though, because I will be able to watch this game. But um, yeah, I think that leads to a little bit of an edge to the pitching, which we already discussed benefits the Beavers. Um, So it's, probably going to be kind of an ugly games down there. I would have loved to get down there for a game. I hate that park. I hate the, I mean, anything down there in that little athletics complex. Um, I like, I, I like how the duck fans try and make it out. Like it's this beautiful scenic walk, uh, when 90% of the time, whether it's football season or baseball season, it's like dreary and rainy and there's no plant life in that forest that you're walking through. And it's just ugly. Um, so I'm I'm glad to not be making that walk. The last time that was down in PK it was probably twenty eighteen or nineteen. Uh the beeves had a series down there. And we down we went down there and we got after it like like those would. It was a beautiful day that day. Still an ugly walk, but a beautiful day. Um, and the beeves came out victorious. So hoping to see more of that. Uh I still do predict that there will be more beaver fans than duck fans. Um I don't think there's ever been the opposite. I don't know if there's ever been more duck fans in the in the crowd um, with a game with the Beavers in town. Mark Garland will be there, um, so if you're going to the game, make sure to uh, say hi to him. He's doing some really good stuff with his own College Baseball Network and helping to grow the game. So a tip of the cap to you, Mark. Uh, keep up the good work. Also, would squeeze in a shout out here for Carter Baines. Uh, congratulations on the step up, Beaver fans. If you didn't see. Um, He accepted a job as a national writer for 24-7 Sports, so he will not be doing the uh, Beaver coverage exclusively anymore, Uh, but thankfully for us, Angie Machado uh, is a veteran and she's killer at that, Um, so I'm sure that the coverage will not drop off one bit, Um, but that is kind of my for this weekend series, much deeper than I usually get into uh, for the Beaver series, and I kind of like it, so we might switch it up and get really deep on the Beaver series, and then kind of graze over the rest of them. Uh, but taking a peek around the Pac-12 for the rest of them, um, everybody's getting started tonight. Everybody has Thursday, Friday, Saturday schedules going on this week. I think it's because of Easter on Sunday. Um, can't confirm that, but that is my best guess. Uh, so starting as always with the chronological. Uh, Today, Thursday, starting at 6 o'clock is when Pac-12 baseball will kick off and give me uh, UCLA and Utah as the first series. I'm going to give UCLA here, but only two out of three. Um, I think I've been picking UCLA for sweeps. I've been picking a lot of teams to sweep this Utah team, and Utah always finds a way to steal that Sunday game. I don't know what it is. I don't know if the other teams are just content with the uh, series victory, so they kind of pull up and let Utah run with it. But Utah's hanging in there. Utah has the same amount of uh, conference wins as Cal and Arizona. Excuse me, so don't count them out quite just yet. Give me UCLA, though, in that series, 2-1 here. And then the next one, we've got uh, UW down in Tucson. Um, This one's kind of a toss-up for me. I wish I could say that this is a split, but somebody's got to win it. And in a bit of a shocker, I'm going to take Arizona over Washington, uh, 2-1 in that series there. Uh, I think Washington still got a little bit of work to do, figuring out what went wrong with the series loss last, last weekend. And now heading on the road to a tough place to play. Arizona is still not a bad baseball team. They're just, you know, winning's hard to do, and it's tough to come by in this, in this league, and I continue to remain that way. Uh, we've got a potential future Pac-12 matchup here. San Diego State is traveling. Oh, never mind. They're traveling to USC. Uh, so, um, I guess a little. Uh, what what what's the saying there? Uh, passing of the torch, if you will. Um, and because of that, give me San Diego State. Give me the Tony Gwynn Baseball Club. Uh, give me San Diego State two to one over USC. Um, I think that would be a really neat series for the Aztecs to go in there and take. Uh, and plant the Pac-12 flag on Dedeaux Field there. A uh, really intriguing matchup this weekend, Wazoo at Arizona State. Uh, Arizona State is at the top of the Pac-12 right now. They're climbing the power rankings every week for me. I am going to take the Sun Devils 2-1 to one over the Cougs. Cougs, impressive weekend last weekend, taking two from UCLA. But Arizona State's playing real good baseball. Again, Wazoo came from playing in the snow last week, and they're going to be down in Phoenix this weekend. Uh, Not sure what the weather looks like there, but I know it won't be snowing. Uh, So give me the Sun Devils a little more familiar, a little more comfortable. Then you've got the 7 o'clock first pitches, which is our series here, Oregon State at Oregon, as well as Stanford at Cal. Um, I'll start with the Oregon State-Oregon series. And, you know, I, I kind of recapped it earlier. And just because of that edge that it seems pitching is going to have over the weekend. Let's see here. I can do a quick uh, look here at what it's going to look like. I don't have Eugene pulled up, but I have Corvallis' weather nice and handy. Yeah, It looks like it's raining down there, folks. So give me Oregon State. And I'm going to go with a three-gamer. Give me Oregon State first sweep of the year in a huge one over the Ducks Sunday Cause for ruckus, cause for riots in, in Corvallis there. Folks, park your cars in your garage uh, because the students will be getting rowdy. Uh, give me Oregon State to take all three there. I really like this matchup this season. Oregon State seems to always have that Oregon um, number there. I know Mitch Canham's 6-5 and five against him, but that includes, I think, 5-0 and zero last year. So, uh, if we, you know, if we wanted to go Duck fans and pick our parameters um, as they're so good at doing... Uh, moving the field goal posts, if you will. Let's just say in the last year, uh, Mitch Chan got a pretty good record against the Oregon Ducks. Um, I'm going to take the Beeves to sweep the Ducks here. I don't know if that's going to come back and bite me, but uh, that's what you got to do with this kind of thing. You got to live and die by it. And wrap it up, Stanford. Uh, that is going to be my second pick to sweep. Um, give me the Cardinal over the Bears. Uh, Stanford looks just the part. Um, I think they dropped a game last weekend. Cow stifling. I can't put a finger on the pulse there. I can't figure out what is going on, but they are hurting at their athletics department right now. Uh, football, meh, maybe they'll be all right, but basketball is a disaster. If you think Oregon State basketball is a problem, um, I'll briefly discuss Glenn Taylor here on the way out. Uh, but if you think Oregon State basketball is a problem, um, take a look at that Cal program, and you'll feel a whole lot better about yourself. Uh, they just had, uh, was it the Sacramento State coach or... They had some uh, group of, I don't know, it's not a group of five, it's just a mid-major. Uh, they had a mid-major coach turn down their offer and remain at his mid-major, comp, or mid-major program. Um, so that is a little bit of like blood on the water if there's sharks swimming around there for me. Um, and then baseball just seemingly can't, can't string things together just quite yet here. Uh, so we will see on that program there. But um, yeah, fuel... All right, about this weekend. You know, there's some bold claims in there. San Diego State is a bold one. And I think Utah taking a game from UCLA is just as bold. Even maybe Arizona over Washington. But I like what we're seeing so far. Um, Again, this will be about that halfway point of the Pac-12 season. Um, And next Tuesday will be kind of a recap of Oregon State's first half of the season. We'll talk a little bit about it. Um, Not quite game by game, but maybe series by series. Some observations, some awards, um, and some things that we'll maybe need to be different in the second half of the season to see the success that Beaver fans are used to, and the Beaver fans kind of expect. Um, I know I see it all the time on social media. There's a there's an extent with it, right? You can you can uh, be disappointed in a in a team that's consistently losing, but some of the conclusions and the steps that some people think that need to be taken um, are a bit heinous. Um, so. More on that on Tuesday, and we will recap that whole first half of the season. Maybe do a slight schedule, look ahead, preview, um, and talk about what needs to happen for the Beavers to become at least a safe automatic qualifier, um, at least series-wise, on the way out, and including the Pac-12 tournament there. But, um, yeah, I got about 10 more minutes here of my allotted time. I don't know if I'll use quite all 10, but I'll talk a little bit about... uh, Glenn Taylor and the transfer portal situation. Uh, I think it came out on Thursday or Friday night that uh, Glenn Taylor had entered the transfer portal. Those reports were out for about an hour and then he tweeted from his personal account that he is not in the transfer portal and that he, to let people make their own decisions um, and to stop reposting stuff about him in the portal. And then about 24 to 48 hours later, he then posted that he is entering the transfer portal, um, which is a real bummer because after um, Las Vegas, him and Jordan Pope both declared that they were going to be back for next year, and that was a huge win for the Beavs. That was something that he kind of needed. Um, it was something that I said at the end of the basketball season when I was doing a recap there. it was um, This offseason is going to be an extremely telling sign of where this program is headed, uh, and it takes a hit with Glenn Taylor Jr. leaving. Um, If Jordan Pope leaves, I think that um, time to call it on Wayne. Uh, If you can't keep your players around in this day and age of college basketball um, without bringing in guys at the same rate, because let's face it, the transfer portal now is what we're going to see every year. Especially, I mean, you've got players leaving Kentucky, leaving Baylor, leaving big-time programs. What's going to keep them from leaving – you know, Corvallis when they're playing at 11 and 21 season or 11 and 20 season. So, uh, I've never been on the f- too far on the, 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 get rid of Wayne train. Um, I really, really like Wayne Tinkle. I think he does have the right idea. I think just in the landscape of college basketball, things are kind of ever changing. And if you're losing your roster after just the briefest signs of hope, um, that's kind of a killer. Um, so kind of a tr- tricky situation there. We'll have to see with his recruiting class who he brings in the transfer portal. I've seen tons and tons of tweets, um, uh, kind of addressing which players have heard from what schools. And Oregon State is on a majority of the lists, uh, so it's not for a lack of trying. I know they're out there. I know Marlon uh, Stewart, friend of the blue, uh, friend of the Peyton years, um, is out there trying and trying. And um, I remember having a good discussions with him while I was still in Corvallis about some of the recruiting. I remember discussing Ahmad Rand with him um, and his athletic upside and whatnot before he committed to Oregon State. So, um, Marlon, I know you're out there. I know you're trying. Uh, one of the few coaches to remain around with all the coaching changes that happened the year ago. Um, but, yeah, that's a tough one to lose, Glenn Taylor Jr. He looked kind of like the last little beating of a heart in uh, at the end of that Pac-12 tournament game. Um, when he was just driving to the hole every play, trying to win that game. Not to say the other guys weren't giving it a shot, but he was leaving it all out there. Because uh, sometimes that offense runs a little stagnant, play calling-wise and motion-wise, and uh, Glenn kind of took it into his own hands and just kept going to the rack. So a tough loss there. I wish him the best moving forward. Again, nothing personal. It is just college sports these days. Um, you know, We saw it with, with Spates. Spates was a beloved, beloved Oregon State football player, team captain, somebody that we all kind of counted on coming back next year and seeing his name hit the portal was kind of a shocker. Um, I know, you know, and a business decision. I know he's going to be down at LSU. He's going to be playing in front of a lot more eyes, getting a lot more attention, and playing probably at a level that will prepare him more so for the next step, which is where he's bound. Um, and he's not the only Oregon State defender bound that way, and they're seeing success with all the defensive backs coming out um, both of the Wright brothers, uh, Rajon not drafted yet. Obviously, the draft coming up at the end of this month. But Nishan was playing and got a couple interceptions this season for the Cowboys, and he's playing legitimate snaps at the NFL level. Um, so it is possible, but I understand what Spates was doing there. Baseball, you see it a little bit more so on the grad transfer side of things, where players look to pursue different degrees that other schools don't offer. But I mean, that's it's college sports these days since the transfer portal is alive they got to do something about tampering, though, because I know that's what happened with Spates. Um, I'm sure something of the sort might have happened with Glenn Taylor. Depending on where he goes, we'll have to wait and see. But seeing Spates going to LSU, he's definitely worthy of it. He's got the talent. He's got the skill to play there. Um, But I don't think that is such a jump that you want to leave a rising program for unless you're getting some kind of a pretty incentive there. Bit of a different situation with the basketball program, obviously. But yeah, the whole NIL deal is a mess, and I'm sure things will get straightened out and righted as we go along. But you know, I say I'm sure, but it is the National Collegiate Athletic Association, the NCAA, uh, so you really can never be too sure on those things. But that is going to do it for me today. I will be uh, live-tweeting the game tonight. Uh, from the Beaver Man Beat podcast, so check in there. I'm sure the Blizzard Beats will be doing the same. Huge weekend for Oregon State Baseball. Let's get out there. Let's get a win. Let's cheer our boys on there. Um, thank you all for tuning in again to the Beaver Man Beat. I'll talk to you all next week on Tuesday.